What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Dual Screens Crossplay Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Stephen Fontana, and with me, it's a 1v1 this week with Andy Asimakis. How are you, Andy? I'm a little sad. Oh, sadness. It's, it is okay. the end of an era for my entertainment units. My PS4 has officially been retired, disconnected. Oh, you decommissioned. Taken off the whole situation. Oh, it's right okay. beside me here. It is now a just a glorified pt box that's all i keep it for is i want to play pt i have it but it's a little sad you know it was there for a long time sad yeah no no i get it i get it there there is also some sadness in my life uh Mm. andy and it kind of goes into one of our topics of the show um Mm -hmm. but so before we get into my sadness Let's let everybody know what the hell they're listening to. This is the Dual Switch yes, Crossplay please. Podcast, the internet's number one gaming video game news podcast, which stars two people that you have never heard of. That's right. Stephen Fontana, Andy Asimakis of DualScreens.com. The show posts each and every Tuesday, except when we can't record it on Tuesday, in which case we will put it up on Wednesday. <laughs> on your favorite podcast service of choice, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, and all that stuff. Folks, I want to let you know right now that if you are listening on a podcast service, there is a very good chance that there is two Dual Screens podcast feeds, too, because our previous host is still posting our episodes. We want to cancel that. In order for us to do that, there are about 600 of you that are still subscribed on those channels. We're going to need you to find the other channel. The way that you can tell the difference is like this. The description of the show mentions Crossplay Podcast. The old one mentions Gamescast. Mm. That's the best way to tell. It also says mm-hmm. dual screens as opposed to proving gamer. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. if you're looking at a one of the proving gamer, um, what do you call it? Uh, hosted podcasts. But we also record this live each and every week on twitch.tv slash dual screens stream. So go over there. You can watch us do this live or you could watch us later on youtube.com slash dual screens TV. And of course, if you want to support us on your on with your hard-earned money head over to the patreon that's right we have a patreon we love our patreon we have a lot of content coming up very soon in the next week or so for the patreon which is patreon.com slash n d s podcast and we want to thank our patreon producers colton the apprentice nestler fnh paul and vegas girl on fire we can't continue to grow without all of your support and we're going to need your support because we are trying to get to pax west in mm. September, so your oh, hard-earned right. dollars can send us there and could get us a hotel room, flights, and all the thing. We cannot do it without your help, because remember, we do this as a side gig. We do this on the side. Both Andy and I have nine to fivers, and in some cases, Andy, I think you just recently did a ten to ten. Yeah, I was like an eight to tenner. An eight to ten. Not yeah. that's not PM to PM. That's AM to yeah. PM. Yes, that's right. That's right. So we still have one more little, a uh, couple of little speed bumps here before we get into 
what is my sadness of the week. Oh my god. But first, well, let's, let's go let's into up. our adventures in gaming, 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 gaming. Andy? Yes, David. I started playing this weekend mm-hmm. a little a, a very unknown game. It's oh, okay. little known, into it. little known, Already? little known mm-hmm. game called Sea of oh. Thieves. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I played some Sea of Thieves for the first time this mm-hmm. weekend with uh, friends of the show, mm-hmm. Miss Envy, Captain Miss Envy, mm-hmm. and uh, of course, Jabberjaw, who, mm-hmm. as you know, has contributed to the to this show before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Jabberjaw... Uh, and I and Miss Envy, we we sailed the seven seas. We mm-hmm. got some booty. Mm, um, always good. I will Get say. I will say this. I will say this. The game is good. Mm-hmm. It's real good. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I as like you and I always make fun of it because of how it launched. Pretty terrible. Well, yeah, that was like how long? That was like four years was, ago. I don't know. Five years ago? ago. I think it's been a long time. I don't know. I feel like it's been forever. It's a bit forever. I'm gonna say <laughs> no more than three years. That's what okay. I feel. Um, but it, it's a it's a lot of fun, and I can't wait to dive back in. Um, if if some of you, if some of you guys have tried the game and then fell off because of lack of content, that I I mean it's it was top it topped uh, the Steam charts. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they released um, the, the Pirates, Pirates of the, of the Caribbean, Caribbean mm-hmm. expansion, which we didn't really do much of that. Um, but learning how the game works and, and just sailing and finding... It, what I really like about the game is that it doesn't hold your hand when it comes to exploration. Mm-hmm. It does this thing where you'll find some sort of treasure map or a request or whatever, and... You'll put it on your captain board, and then everybody will vote if they want it, which mission they want to do, and they vote which mission you want to do. But then you have to physically look at your map or the treasure and like mm-hmm. find the island that your mission is on, and then go to your your chart map and find that island, and then circle it. But you, it's not just because you circle it; it doesn't just like give you a waypoint on a map. You still have to tell whoever's driving or sailing, sorry, the boat, like which directions to go, and like to try and find where you're supposed to go. So it's a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy it. It, it. it takes a lot of communication. And like when you find, when you, when you land on an Island, you're all discovering and you're like, Oh my God, I just discovered a treasure chest. And you like, dig it up. It's, it's just a lot of fun. And uh, I could see something like this becoming uh, a, a weekly part of my routine, mm. my gaming routine. Mm. Part of your um, rotation. Okay. Yeah. I could, I could see it definitely sneaking in there. Um, okay. What do you want to know what I have not been playing Andy? You have played no Apex Legends. That is true. That is true. And now this is sadness part one. Is <laughs> okay. <laughs> the multi multi part sadness. Yes, it's multi part oh sadness. The, the despair knows no bounds. Yes. Go on. Um, Go ahead. Go ahead. Unfortunately, the state of Apex Legends right now is absolutely abhorrent. Mm-hmm. Um, it it appears that a concentrated effort of well over a thousand hackers, um have formulated a discord and a reddit and a you know a 4chan whatever the hell they are and they've Uh made a concentrated effort to ruin apex legends for many high level uh, players in ranked essentially making it so that high ranked uh apex play which i am not i'm gonna get that out of the way how does it affect you (laughs) but this this domino does affect me and i'll I'll explain that Uh so playing in in high level ranked a lot of these masters players or players that are you know really really good 
um, they either get DDoS where they can't play, or I saw one instance where somebody was had infinite ammo and was literally standing in one section of like one area of the map, just standing there and shooting in a direction, and the bullets were just finding targets across the map. Like they were just finding targets, and he could just hold the trigger, and it was just infinite fire. Um, how does this happen? So. How is it allowed to happen? It, I mean, it's not. It's definitely not. And but it, but but respawn cannot keep up with what's been happening. Now, here's what happens. Here's oh where the domino falls my way. God. So what winds up happening is those high-ranked players who still want to have fun and sharpen their skills, then go into pub lobbies, public lobbies that are unranked, and then they get into those lobbies and absolutely destroy everyone. Because they're just a cut above everyone. Because the skill-based matchmaking is based off of the the essentially the best player in your group. So if I'm playing with, uh, let's say, friend of the show Mikey Kirsch, who we love very much, um, he's he's got a higher skill-based matchmaking. So I'll get pulled up to say, I don't know, maybe a platinum or like high gold. Mm -hmm. Well, masters players can get into gold lobbies. Um, depending if it's just one of them. If you solo queue, meaning you don't take teammates as a pre as a Masters player, Predator, or high-ranked player, you could get pulled into those lower lobbies and still destroy everyone because the skill is, the gap is that that far. Mm. So that's really what's ruined it for me. It's just like, I can't really compete with that and it kind of takes the fun away. So it's not fun. Okay. Yeah, it takes the fun away. Uh, you know, so I've stepped away from it until... Until one of two things happens, either here comes my son making his uh, second cameo of the night. Um, I heard. I heard. One, one of two. Shh, um, no, quiet. <laughs> one, one of one of two things happens. One of two things happens here. Okay, either I play um, only with PlayStation players, which you can. Uh -huh. You can shut off PC uh, uh -huh. matchmaking. Which keeps um, all those hackers out. Which does, but then I can't play with a lot of the people that I play with. Because a lot of the people I play with are, you know, but but Mikey Kirsch and I can play mm -hmm. uh, together um, on a PlayStation. Mm -hmm. um, e either that happens, or I just wait for this to get fixed. I have a feeling it's not going to get fixed. Now I'm going to mute myself while I see what my son wants. While you give me some of your, oh wait, he left. <laughs> He's gone. Oh my god, it worked. <laughs> oh my god, it worked. If you were going to say my thoughts on Apex, I'd be like. Or thoughts on the, just the hackers. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that bullshit, know. people. That <laughs> sounds shitty. Yeah. Yeah. So that <laughs> so that's been really shitty. Um, what you been playing, Andy? Oh, a lot of things. So I started a Metroid series run, going through all the Metroid games. Surprises me zero percent. Yes, so I finished Metroid OG, Metroid Two GB, and I'm currently playing Super Metroid on the SNES. Well, on my computer, not an actual SNES. So I'm doing that. Uh, I am platinum chasing Returnal, which, oh my God, I forgot how much I love that fucking game. It's got its hooks deep, deep Again? inside my bones. Yeah. Yeah, because I beat it. I didn't platinum it. So I'm going back for the logs and doing all the weapon ability maxing out shit. So just doing that and... Mm. Falling in love and being angry at the same time. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Just like being in a relationship. So there's that. And then I discovered this game. You called, discovered a game. Called Chikori. A colorful, a colorful tale. Okay. Which, oh my God, everyone 
go and buy this game and support it right now. It is amazing. It is a game, simple premise. The world has lost all the color and there's a magic paintbrush I've seen this. Yes, I've seen and you this. can, and you can color shit and make the world all vibrant and cute right. and fun again. But you take that idea, which is very disarming because there's right. actually a plot about love and revenge and right. there's all this drama and shit. So fun gameplay, super serious story. I cannot recommend it enough. So go and check that out. Sweet. Was- well, I'm, I'm happy that you found a little hidden gem for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and to go back to the whole Apex thing. Yes, there is a reason for it as one of our uh, listeners right now, viewers. It, yes, Titanfall 1 online is a mess. And so like it barely works. So all of those players are the ones that are gathering and trying to sandbag Apex. Now, remember, I said Titanfall 1. Wait, wait, so okay. the people that were playing Titanfall 1, right. that's a mess now for some reason. Right. And Cause, the, cause, butthurt, cause, the butthurtness has caused right. them to act out against Because for, for, for pretty obvious reasons, Respawn and EA are focusing on Apex Legends, which makes them money, as opposed to Titanfall 1, which I could guarantee you has made them $0 oh. in the last five years. Who is still playing Titanfall fucking About one? a thousand people who are apparently really good at hacking. <laughs> I mean, if it was part two, that's a great game. I mean, it's... it's, it's but part one? Yeah. Um, I don't get it. I don't get people. Right. So anyway, it's it's a problem. And EA's got to step in and throw their big money around to get that thing fixed. Um, Andy, why don't, did, that ble- did you just make us bleed into the indie... In the news update, you did a little you? bit. Go by Chicory, a couple tell. Yep, that's, that's, that's the that's that, the report. That's, that's sharpened. <laughs> and now, Andy, I'm going to bring us into our second point of my sadness. Oh my God, there was more. I totally forgot about that. Yes, we we have our our first sadness was covered with Apex, and now oh, no. my second sadness bleeds into our first. Oh uh, my story. God, Andy, this is totally not scripted, Andy. <laughs> yes, Stephen. Here's why I'm sad. <laughs> Should I we introduce will, this or no, you want to just go into it? No, I'm just going to tell you why I'm sad. Do you want to rant for like an hour? Then we should just the for show? a couple of moments. Go ahead. I'm not sad. You can have the floor. That there isn't a switch pro. Mm-hmm. I'm not sad that we're not getting a 4k switch console. Mm-hmm. I'm not sad that what we are getting is an OLED. I'm not sad about that. Mm-hmm. What I am sad is I can no longer argue with Buzz Killington in every shape, way, shape, or form about a Switch Pro anymore because it's finally dead and buried. Oh, that's right. I'm sad. I they, feel they like... have taken that away from me. That joy yeah. of how stupid I'll... can you be <laughs> to think that Nintendo would ever sacrifice handheld gaming for some for a 4k display mm-hmm. now i have been we both said on on this on this podcast that the only way a pro is even close to a real thing is if it's a dock only thing that just soups up the game there is no way they're mm-hmm. gonna give 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 up any of that but mm-hmm. we are getting a new oled nintendo switch andy so why don't you take this one over tell us what, what this thing entails so after what feels like a thousand and one years of Switch 4K Pro rumors circulating the internet, mm-hmm. 
forever and ever and ever. We finally have the next version of the Nintendo Switch, and it's kind of almost the same, except for a few minor right. details. Right. So we now and have a one beautiful, very, very important detail that I want to discuss. Yes. But go ahead, continue. Yes, yes, yes. So first off the bat, the screen. It is a nice seven inches. It's a good size. It's a good size. It's a good size. If you know how to use it. Yes, yes. It's an OLED screen, so it doesn't look super nice like your cell phones, all fancy schmancy. Like the, uh, like the what do you call mm -hmm. it? Um, PS Vita, which came out uh, right nine years ago. Right, right. Uh, it has a nicer kickstand. That's not a toothpick. So there's that mm -hmm. as well. It's a thicker, mm -hmm. thicker toothpick, <laughs> thicker kickstand. <laughs> yes, it's a it's a full length um the uh the dock is also seeing some changes too uh -huh. it has a built-in land port that's yes. kind of new yes that's really really new uh and it's got more memory 64 gigabytes to be exact so doubling the 32 from the launch it also looks like they version the uh cooling of the dock as mm. well as you see there's mm. a couple of extra little yes, slots yes, yes, for yes. airflow but here here's the big thing here's mm. the big thing here Andy. tell me tell me is it the color scheme? No. <laughs> it is the size, okay, with with Joy-Con attached, is one-tenth of an inch larger than the original. Now, do you know what that oh. means, Andy? Size doesn't matter? It means that, that Switch-specific grips... Uh -huh. Or, uh -huh. or or hold oh you're oh my god like you're my right switch fix all those Kickstarter campaigns that built shit around the OG switch size uh -huh. will no longer, no longer be able to be used unless you're willing to stretch the shit out of it that that plastic right, so right. that means we're gonna probably get a version 2.0 3.0 whatever mm, of all these more items, shit to buy which is just more things to buy now I am going to tell you right now. I will not be getting an OLED switch. I have not used my switch in too, in way too long uh, mm -hmm. at, at, at all. Um, if this was a true beefed up system that wasn't just a brighter screen and mm -hmm. the battery is almost exactly the same, like, no, well, the same uh, life uh, as, as what we, we have now, just nothing mm -hmm. exciting. So well, I, can, I can give you an exact quote from Nintendo. I would love that. That sums up my thoughts on this whole. I would love it this whole device sure somebody asked on twitter mm -hmm. but does it run any better and they said nope not what it's for stick with the current one if you're not digging the screen so it seems like this is all about the screen and if you have your og switch and you're fine with that this is a huge pass i think for most people yeah i mean you're paying 50 bucks more than the retail price of the switch uh yeah, this is a hard pass for me too. You would think I'm that they say. that this would be coupled with like a price drop announcement, but it looks like they're just gonna phase it out. Yeah, I could see that. They're just gonna make this three fifty probably until the holidays, and then drop or whatever. This comes out in October, September. I forget. Mm -hmm. On the same day we get Metroid Dread. Okay. Yeah, I don't so, know. I I mean that, that kind of sucks. Maybe they'll just sell out of the stock of the old one, I guess, at three hundred or whatever it is, two fifty, right. whatever it is now. I forget what but it is now. Could you imagine if? If a switch with some quality of life stuff, a better screen, smaller bezel, right. a, a, a not shitty kickstand, a LAN port, 
things that kind of like are sense are sensible for a switch right kind of like upgrade and that costs 50 dollars. what would a 4k model look like price wise with more ram more memory right memory um, is ram yeah i mean <laughs> or a better gpu no I, you know. I get it yeah but a lot of the where the rumors came from were the chip manufacturers themselves that have slightly better uh, GPUs and CPUs out there that could be mm-hmm. uh, integrated that are still older but can be that that are better for I remember one of the big rumors and the one of the ones that made me think that maybe it was possible was one that was about power consumption there mm. was one where where if they went with a different CPU um, that was a later model of the one that they had at the Tegra I believe the X1 it was like an X2 I don't know if it was an X2 or for whatever it was it was um I'm sorry, I, I don't, I'm not big on tech. I just remember <clears throat> them saying, like, getting something that's less power-hungry would mean more, you know, battery life and also more power for to actually divert to running the games and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, um, that, I mean, that's unfortunate. Um, but you, you know what? You should understand the necessity of this at the end of the day. Was this something that they had to do for this, the Switch? Well... I can't tell if this is a P if this is a PlayStation Slim like, model discussion. I I could defend the Switch Lite because right. that I can see value in that. It's it's right. it's cheaper than the regular Switch. It's for those who only play on the go. Right. You know, I see why that had to happen. But this, I'm not sure why it's here. I don't get it. The the only I mean, it, the Switch needed to be upgraded in some way. Uh, mm-hmm. w- just because of how many design flaws it had, mm. um, specifically the dock, um, mm-hmm. the Joy-Con had a lot of issues. Um, even sliding the Joy-Con. Remember people sliding the Joy-Con on and off, getting oh, stuck, doing it upside those, down. Those double grip the thing little, that they the gave little, you. The little, yeah, yeah, those things. Like there were some. Re- oh, yeah. The kickstand, as we've mentioned, yeah, had really bad design flaws. The the top of the system where, where the fan was, the coil, those plastic little slots would crack so easily. People were cracking them right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were definitely oh. issues with the original design. So I I wonder I if you slide in your OLED switch to the dock, would scratch the screen? Because that was a thing too. On yeah, the original that was a thing people complained about. Yeah. So I wonder if that's like addressed in some right. way. We'll I see. still have little pads on my on my the inside of my dock. Yeah. That keeps it nice and snug. Yeah. Um, just because you don't want to yeah. scratch marks. So, it to me, if I'm being completely honest with you, like this is an iter- iterative design upgrade. This is not mm-hmm. anything else. I wouldn't be surprised if the reason why they're do, even doing the OL. I'm sure like. I wouldn't be surprised if the original upgrade plan for this was just the same screen, but just mm-hmm. upgrading all of the other stuff, quality of life. And they were like, well, OLED is way cheaper now and it's right. what we can get because of the pandemic. Like maybe it's just easier to get. There's just more mm-hmm. of them. Um, and, right. you know, to go for it. And I, it I don't know. helps just for the price a little bit more with that nicer screen on there too. Yeah. Like, all right. If and, you're on the, the fence and you want a nicer size. screen. The increased memory size is big too, and right. you know, I think the biggest I mean, thing from this is that is the LAN port. If you're playing, sure. if you're playing right. on, on your TV, that's huge. Competitive um, Mario Kart or Smash, or especially just, just not yeah. having that god awful Wi-Fi like that. You th- know, their, that Wi-Fi antenna the, is terrible. If this had built-in Bluetooth, 
might be an easier sell for me. But that's also not here. No. So no. kind of shitty. Kind of shitty. No. Uh, you know what's not kind of shitty? Tell me. The two-pronged indie <laughs> approach from Sony PlayStation Land. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. There is going to be tomorrow, if you're watching this live uh, yes. or listening to it uh, before Thursday, uh, we are getting a 30-minute state of play that is going to be about indie games and third-party updates, including a reality warping tour of Black Reef Island. So get ready for that. That is going to be a fun one. That's going to start at 5 p.m., so I will not be watching it, at least not live. Um and this comes on the heels of a lot of stories going around that Sony mm. apparently hates indie, indie developers uh, from a nice little uh, anecdote. Uh, and we have a little a little Bloomberg article here uh, from our <laughs> from the, the 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 stoke of the fire, as it were, the proverbial match that lights the internet on fire. Um, and it's Jason Schreier, and this is coming mm. from Bloomberg. Uh, hi everyone, it's Jason. The video game industry has a new villain of the week, Sony Corp's PlayStation platform. Several independent video game developers spoke out against the frustrating treatment they've received from Sony, essentially claiming that the Japanese tech giant fails to properly support smaller game developers. Which, by the way, from the over 200 developers we have interviewed, zero have said that. Um, on, on camera or off camera, mm -hmm. um, they have complained about Nintendo. They have complained mm. about Steam. Mm -hmm. They have never Ooh, complained about Steam. Sony. Steam, big time on Steam. Yeah, uh, now even, Epic, now... even Epic had, had issues. Um, yeah. It says that the uh, the contacts of Sony can sometimes take weeks or months to respond to, to uh, queries uh, if they're lucky enough to have contacts at all. A massive blockbusters receive prominent display on the digital PlayStation Store. Duh. Uh, indie games are difficult for players to discover. That's always been the case. Um, but I understand there. Let me let me just say something right away. This is a known issue across the board everywhere. Um, and one of the things that came out of this was that, uh, and it, as you scroll down, it says in an interview, uh, Garner said he, he felt compared to share his experience following uh, a PlayStation video seminar that day in which the company encouraged attendees to pay 25,000 for front page promotion on the store. It felt mm -hmm. like a seminar you'd run. If you knew that everyone who'd heard what you said was going to be pissed off. Um, again, this is not unheard of. This is not something mm -hmm. that's new. Um, this is part of marketing. Um, I think what what has taken the internet by storm here is that there are well, in, indie develop. We've interviewed indie developers that make something out of their basement. We've interviewed mm -hmm. indie developers that get discovered by a publisher mm -hmm. um, and have a, a complete marketing team behind them. Um, to pay for for uh, eyes for placement is something that that's been happening forever, and Steam does it a different in a slightly different way as well. Where the more wish listing you have, um, and the more comments you have on your Steam homepage, the more the algorithm pushes you to the front of the Steam page. Mm -hmm. What do you need? in order to drive wishes or wish list uh, likes and follows and, and all that, you need a marketing budget. You need mm -hmm. people to go out there and get streamers to play your game. You need to go out there and, and use your money to 
go visit conventions. Money is always going to get you noticed more. In my opinion, if you have a, let's say, $50,000 marketing budget, it, it makes all the sense in the world to, to, to pay for front page placement when you're releasing on the biggest platform mm-hmm. uh, right now for console gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of developers would, would agree with that, I, I think. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, first of all, there was uh, some back and forth on this with other developers chiming in saying, well, my game has sold over half of its copies on PlayStation's platform. So I'm not sure where this whole my games are selling on PlayStation story comes in. But yes, Penny. Um, it is Penny, right? I talking in the background. <laughs> um, there are a number of issues that I think Sony could address. Like, I don't think you should wait a month to see how many copies your game has sold. You could be more responsive to uh, people and not wait weeks or a month to get back to a, to a request or stuff like that. Um, little things like that, I think they could do more to improve that indie relationship. But um, yeah, I just feel like this thing, because you know, there's one developer comes out says hey i don't like what sony's doing and then it just goes off the rails from there when i think sony has been very supportive of indie games for a very long time they gave 10 million dollars to code relief for indie developers Mm -hmm. last year and you know we hear differently from indie devs so a lot doesn't align for me this story but again there's a lot of unique one-offs that are at play here but I think right. the bottom line is being more responsive, hiring more people to, to field those responses to indie devs and just, you know, just being there for them when right. they need you. And the, the other thing is, uh, I, I don't know how far back the, this develop, the, especially the one that's saying that they couldn't get a rep on the phone, if you could get them at all, or if you could even have a rep. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that is, is COVID related because remember a lot of how, Sony was or especially PlayStation was was forced to, to do business cut a lot of that out mm-hmm. um, there's there's just less personable opportunity out there um, and it's not just for for Sony in, in general but like a lot of a, a lot of places struggled to to do that they had to relearn how to be a company they had to relearn how to mm-hmm. run their business uh, remotely um, so I think this is a I don't think this is a um, indication of the norm for mm-hmm. for indie developers i think this is um i wish it wasn't like that if i'm honest uh i, I want to state that obvi- uh, to, to be obvious like i i want i want indie developers to have a much easier way easier time getting noticed but the on the, on the flip side of that andy you and i cover and, and have interviewed and have been given so many games there are so many games that come out Right. Um. There has to be a way to differentiate. It's like them from each other. I wish all of the guests on our show just had like whopping success because we have a very fun curation process. You know, we pick things that we like, that we think deserves attention and sales, and you right. know, are worthy of people's time. Right. That aren't like these big budget games. But I just think back to that one game we did a while ago. One of our f- earliest interviews, I think it was called Ultra Pizza Titan. 
Yes, Pizza Titan. And Ultra. yes, that's what it was called. Mm-hmm. And they were slumming it on PC for a while. Then they're like, okay, the Switch version, that's going to maybe get us some money. And it was like a big old wet fart. And yeah. they had to shut down yep. after that because they shut. Yeah, they, 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 they couldn't crack that, you know. No, they weren't on the any featured list or like homepage or buy this game now. Right. But yeah, it's 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 hard. I mean, I mean, it takes a really good game and a little bit of luck to have success in in the indie realm. I feel right. It's just how it is. Or spend twenty five grand and get and nice money. placement on the. Uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that. what Kickstarter's like. A lot of the guys that we talk to also they use Kickstarter for that. Like they use Kickstarter for marketing. Mm-hmm. They use Kickstarter mm-hmm. for a social right, media manager or like. You know stuff like that. So, yeah, and if the game looks fun and it's getting a response from people, it's going to be on Kotaku, Polygon, IGN. Like, right. here's this fresh new Kickstarter game that we just heard about. That looks that's awesome. Go check it out. Yep. Oh yeah. man. Well, this is the you know Andy. I don't know why we're doing this, and by this <laughs> I don't mean the show. This next piece. This next piece. I don't know why. Not. I don't know why. It's not that I don't know why we're covering it. I don't know why, as a society, we still do this. It's more as a discussion piece. I want to get your feedback on what this, the implications of this, could possibly be, and if you're going to, if spending uh, the monies on this is worthwhile for you. Uh huh. That's my main thing. Okay. About this. Let's talk about it. So, the long rumored. Maybe like a two-week rumor. Probably. Two weeks, yeah, about two weeks. Ghost of Ikishima has emerged as the Ghost of Tsushima director's cut. That includes the Iki Island expansion and a bunch of other PS5 features like Japanese lip-syncing because I think it was... the They're now rendering it in real time so they can actually change the lips on the PS5, whereas in their actual rendered cutscenes on the PS4, they, they can't go back and do that. Haptic feedback, uh, 3D audio, bunch of shit. Hooray. I love this game. I want more of it. But then the price tags, plural, were revealed. And people were a little bit pissy about this. And I want to get into that. So if you own the base PS4 version of the game, you can upgrade to the PS4 director's cut for 20 bucks, which has the Icky Allen expansion and some other bells and whistles. But if you want the PS5 version of the director's cut, which has the haptics, 3D audio, Japanese lip sync, yada, yada, that's going to cost you 10 more dollars. So, Stephen, is this going to be a trend from Sony, these director's cuts? And do you think this $10 price is worth it for a PS5 upgrade? go so this is thirty dollars total mm-hmm. to upgrade then if you have a, if you're a ps5 mm-hmm. ghost owner is that how that mm-hmm. works yes um okay so there's that um it, yeah yeah it's gonna happen more um but it the only way it won't happen more is if people don't buy it and mm-hmm. they and they say no we're not doing that mm-hmm. um for me, like, for personally, as, as who I am, you know me. I beat a game and I put it away. Like, that's just what I do. Mm. Um, this new island is intriguing. I would have liked it way better if this was, like, a standalone thing that we discussed a couple of weeks ago. 
Mm -hmm. um, as like a Miles Morales style thing where I would have Mm -hmm. gladly paid full price for it. I would have, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. If it was an, you know, something like that, that's more up my alley. Um, I, it's, it's hard to say because it's coming out so, so, so far after the game came out where like, Mm -hmm. I feel like $30 isn't that bad, but I'm not going to go and play the the original story again. I'm only going to do the the new island if I do anything mm-hmm. at all. Like, that's just how I play. I don't want to play the game over again. I want to go through and maybe do some more, more side stuff that I missed, but I'm going to do the island. Like, that's what I want to do. Is that it, worth $30? Is haptic feedback worth $30, you know, on top of that? Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, did buy a PlayStation 5 so I could have all that stuff, though. True. It just strikes me that we got a a 4K 60 FPS patch for this game not too long ago. So it plays beautifully on the PS5 as it is right now for free. Mm-hmm. There was this massive multiplayer expansion also for free, mm-hmm. which is also going to get more updates in a new mode for free in the future. Oh, I thought they said they weren't doing anything. Oh, they are. Oh, okay. That was that was in this little news update too. Oh, I didn't see that part. Okay. But there's all that that they've given away for free already, the patch and the Legends multiplayer. And then when it comes to just a few, a, few, a handful of details, Japanese lip sync, haptics, audio, that somehow costs $10 for Sony. Why is that just, but you know what? It's not worth it. Just It'll be for free. 20 bucks for the expansion all around. I, I PS4 think I to PS5. Why. I, I think I know why. Because people will buy it. No, it, well, yes, <laughs> but, but also <laughs> they want to differentiate the PS5 experience as premium, so they mm. are going to put a price tag on premium. And it's in line with what a PS5 game costs, which is $70. $70, exactly. They want mm-hmm. they want to differentiate PS4 from PS5. If you charge the same and you give everything for free, there's no point in, in upgrading. Mm-hmm. There's, no, there, there's no... Well, there is a point in upgrading. You get all these bells and whistles, but... Right. There's no. It's an optics thing for me, like, and and it's and it's poor optics in one way, obviously, mm-hmm. like, because we're discussing it in a very negative way. Mm-hmm. But the other, in the other direction, like, they're setting an they're setting an example, saying these are things that can only happen on PS5. They don't happen for mm-hmm. free. This is a premium gaming experience. This is what you have. This is how we're gonna do it. If we want to keep supporting Tempest Audio, real time rendering. Uh, ray tracing, you know, whatever. If we want to keep uh, being able to do all that, which isn't just upscaling resolutions, mm-hmm. um, it's not like switching a switch on and off on a PC. It's a little different, right. you know, because of the hardware. I can understand that argument from from their perspective, and they've always done stuff like that. They've always said, "No, no, this is a premium product. Mm-hmm. This this is the pro- like. If you don't want that stuff, we have a PS4." Like you can still play this game, you could still play the the island. We still have the PS4, and they're still charging for the upgrade for the. For, but they're essentially charging for the DLC at that point. Which right. again, there's a precedence for that across all platforms everywhere. Right, and I'm not knocking the DLC. Right. That's like standards. It's a whole big expansion. There's right. new abilities, armors, right. enemies. So that's that's actual work that went into right. that. Which I get why you're putting a price tag on that. But it's the other stuff, the PS5 stuff that's like, eh, did you have to? 
charge me for that? No, they no, they didn't. Um, yeah. Oh, I mean, maybe their bottom line says they did, but I doubt that sure. they've been killing sure. it. But right, <laughs> I, I honestly think it's just a it's a I, marketing versus operations versus like production, and they're all like saying, you know, this is a premium product. See, how about this? Let let let's let's examine it this way. Let's say they announced just a ten dollar PS Five update, and yeah. there was no icky island anything. It was just. Hey guys, we're releasing a update for the PS5 version. Um, it has haptic feedback, 3D audio, and Japanese lip sync. It's gonna cost ten bucks. What does that sound like to you? Like, what? If they do that and also sell PS5 Ghost of Tsushima in stores for seventy dollars, okay, right. I'm fine with that. Right now, what worries me is, do you think we'll see a Last of Us Two director's yes. cut or a God of yes. War director's cut? Yes. Yes. No, I don't want that in the future. Then don't buy it. <laughs> it's so stupid. That's it. Just don't buy it. Like you played these <laughs> games already. You don't need these games. I know I don't need them. So don't buy them. <laughs> when I have them already. It's not for you. Like that's the thing. Like right. it's for you only if you feel like paying an extra twenty dollars right. or ten dollars to get cool new features. Like if you're you're the kind of gamer that goes back and plays his old shit all the time. Oh, I, I, I missed that experience. Really I'm going to go back and play fucking Death Stranding and walk around for 300 hours again. Yo. Like that's you. I would that's glad I, I will do that. And you are you're out. going to be doing that when when the Kojima cut because of all the content he he was forced by <laughs> the himself Kojima cut. to cut himself. <laughs> um yeah, I mean it, it's I just it. It, it, it it I mean it is what it is. Like yeah. And and like Mike says in the chat, hopefully future cross-gen games, like the ones that, you know, aren't weren't already out on PS4 that come out day and date, both versions will just be, you know, a you simple, know, you know, whatever price. You know what you know what this all boils down to me, Steven? Hardboiled eggs. And, and there's that. I am I am I am so over the 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 middling transitional phase between PS4 or last gen and current gen. It's in that weird space where it's like there's the overlap going on. I want to be fully into my PS5. We're only getting games for that. I know what they cost. There's a little bullshit upgrade nonsense I have to worry about. Smart delivery. I just want to have all the new shit on the new thing. Yeah. But we're still in that weird year one area of this, which I hate. I hate it. Yeah, it, I mean, it's almost over, I think. Yeah. Um, I think once this this holiday season is over, which is only six months away, I think mm -hmm. once that is over, it's going to be, okay, mm -hmm. here we go. It's the next gen now, and only the yeah. next gen. It's it's really here. We did it, you know? <laughs> it's finally um, here. Which, I, which again, I, 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 I wish I could get somebody from Sony on the show just so we could discuss whether or not this had anything to do with COVID. Just streamlining development, mm -hmm. you know, their their plans for everything essentially becoming a digital only business i i don't know i just i, I wish i could ask those questions um you know, speaking of konami oh konami the director's cut <laughs> you mean kojima kojima speaking of kojima konami konami and kojima they're not doing anything no but konami is all right, Stephen. This next bit of news. This is your I, sadness. I'm. It's. It's. I'm sad, but not why you think I'm sad. 
Okay. Uh-huh. Let me expand on this. Expand. After what's been, again, it's like going back to the rumor mill from like 10 years ago, uh, of a rumored Silent Hill game, Konami announced a partnership, uh-huh. a strategic cooperation agreement. Is there any other kind? <laughs> which is like some George Carlin-like bit about like, weird words that describe yeah. something very simple. Uh, this complex language, something ultra simple, like we're teaming up. Uh, and with with Bluebird team, the makers of The Medium and Layers of Fear and Observer and shitty Blair Witch game. So I'm not mad because I think Bluebird is a mediocre developer that's made mediocre horror games that have actually stolen a lot of shit from other pieces of horror and media in general uh-huh a lot actually a lot so th- that worry aside this all but confirms a silent hill game from bloober and i did not want to find out about a new silent hill game in this manner i want to see it like totally by surprise like konami boom new silent hill game this is like you've teamed up with guys that only do horror games and you have one big horror IP that's been asleep for, you know, for the longest time. What else are you going to work on besides that horror IP? Mm. So I know I'm getting it and seeing it revealed in this way is a little deflating for me. I was like, okay, you've all but said it's happening now. I get it. Hooray. New Silent Hill game. There's no no fireworks, no no splendor. It's just a strategic cooperation <laughs> agreement. Oh, and are jointly developing selected contents and exchanging know-how. Well, you gotta have you gotta exchange. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta exchange know-how. Every, Steven. every time you speak, you're exchanging know-how. It's called communication. <laughs> oh, whatever. I, you know, PR people suck. They just they're just terrible. I, I, I don't envy them. They have a horrible job. And it I, just and I hate keyboard it. thesaurus. That's how. It, that's how it yeah, goes that's down. exactly what happened. This was this was big word, big word, big word. Google Translate. Go. Um, Maybe kangaroo Tribbiani. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking Listen, of. Yeah, yes. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to segue to the next story here. You segue because I, I don't want to talk about Speaking of anymore. collaboration, <laughs> get ready to collaborate with your fellow assassins, ladies and gentlemen, mm. because Ubisoft's next Assassin's Creed will be a live service game. That's right. And I totally redeemed myself with that segue. And all of you know it. All of mm. you know it. All of us know it, Stephen. Huge success with the last two. The last two Assassin's Creed games has led to this moment. A game that used to be about stealth and murder that then became (laughs) about role-playing and whatever and unicorns somehow, I don't know, is now going to be Assassin's Creed Infinity. Ubisoft has confirmed it's developing Assassin's Creed Unity, or excuse me, Infinity, and I'm going to read this directly from Ubisoft, if you don't mind. Go ahead. From its action-adventure origins to its RPG evolution, Assassin's Creed has shown how the decisions we make now, no matter how big or small, can influence the events of the future. 
After both Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Assassin's Creed Valhalla shattered records, we find ourselves in that very moment where we know the decisions we're making for the franchise will now impact its future for years to come. Along with our announcement of new content coming to Assassin's Creed Valhalla, we wanted to share some key updates on the talented and creative minds that will now be working in a collaborative... Aha, uh -huh, there's that word again. Cross-studio structure between Ubisoft Montreal and Ubisoft Quebec uh, that will guide, grow, evolve, and define the overall future of Assassin's Creed that includes an important upcoming early in-development project codenamed Assassin's Creed Infinity. Uh, then they go into who's going to be leading it. Um... Creative leads for other uh, um, I want to try and get to. Uh, okay, here we go. Rather than continuing to pass the baton from game to game, we we profoundly believe this is an opportunity for one of Microsoft's most beloved franchises to evolve in a more integrated and collaborative manner that's less centered on studios and more focused on talent and leadership. No matter where they are within Microsoft, uh, within Ubisoft, excuse me. Most importantly, Assassin's Creed has always been developed by multicultural teams with various backgrounds and perspectives that have influenced the depiction of its characters, locations, and cultures. While we know there's always room for improvement, we believe this new structure allows us to ensure that diversity and representation within our teams continues to grow and match that of our players. So it looks like this is going to... Assassin's Creed is going to be different for a very mm. long time. For it's been going that way for a long time, I feel. Um, been moving further and further away from what the games were for like the last four games. This is just like whatever you thought this thing is supposed to be, it's not anymore. So deal with it. Right. Um, <laughs> this is um, the thing that scares me about this is they're not known for hitting it out of the park with their live service games. Mm -mm. Not mm -mm. at least not right away. Mm -mm. Um, and their multiplayer games. Um, for example, uh, what was it? The Ghost Recon, Recon Wildlands, I think, was the most recent one of those. Mm -hmm. That was a big flop. It was a mess. It barely worked. Um, the Division is good, um, but it always launches with issues. It always has, has late game uh, problems. A huge drop-off in players for that, usually a couple of months after. Um Rainbow Six is huge right now for them, but that is more of a... I mean, it is a live service, but it's... I can't imagine Assassin's Creed being like that where you're getting into lobbies and doing missions. Like, I imagine it's more of like a... No. Just you wait, Steven. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like it would be a little bit... Just you little wait. Bigger. Um, however... Um, so... And, and, and the last time they tried to do something like this was Assassin's Creed Unity, which was mm -hmm. terrible. So... I'm just I'm just nervous that they are going to get away from what makes Assassin's Creed so good, which is its engrossing world, and it's just going to make this a another game where you get on Discord with your friends, get completely taken out of the immersion, and try and level up your character and mm -hmm. get the best loot. I mm -hmm. I just that's that's what I'm nervous about. What about you? Yeah, I don't know. The you know we've had a multiplayer. Assassin's Creed before it didn't quite work so well. I think it proved that we should maybe keep this the way it's supposed to be, just confined to a nice single player story driven experience. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, but there's a money in that apparently, so we're gonna go this way because you know we we uh we're gonna re- we can't release what was that game Skull and Bones, right? So we're gonna we're gonna do this instead. Um, you know, I mean, it's a sad thing when I see a game that had so much potential that was really focused on character and consistent storytelling mm-hmm. with like you know real meaningful players involved now it's like everything is so convoluted i feel like this is the last step it kind of makes sense in some weird horrible way go for it just go for it i'm i'm not i'm not going to play it but sure it, it it seems like i understand that it, that it it appears from the outside in that this is a logical step but it also mm-hmm. It almost doesn't feel like a logical step because every time they've announced a new Assassin's Creed since Origins, mm-hmm. it's been a huge news thing. Like people love mm-hmm. to see what the next Assassin's Creed world is going to be. Joe, you know they love to see the new characters and uh-huh. uh, you know what time in history we're going to go in. Mm-hmm. And like that was mm-hmm. a, like when are we going to feudal Japan? Oops, yep. Sony did that. But like <laughs> you know, all, like that that aspect of it kind of goes away no like it, i don't know maybe maybe it's I, maybe that's you just know, one more observation steven why yep. is it that this franchise cannot keep a secret to save itself i feel like the last four games and even now with this announcement were all leaked prior to being announced by ubisoft i don't know <laughs> i i have no idea I don't know <laughs> it's like it, what, yeah why is this one game <laughs> This one franchise just can't can't keep its mouth shut. They're just I maybe maybe they're just so big that they don't have the capability you know, of keeping things. You're assassins. You would think S- deception and stealth would be stealth sneakiness. You know, not yeah. being seen, not being heard. You know, but yeah. you're like yelling from the rooftops, like we're going to Valhalla. <laughs> I don't know. Um, here, here's a bit of wet fart news here. Um, oh, yeah. This is the final little piece before we get into the hype zone. Sony acquired mm-hmm. Nixus Stu- Software, um, mm-hmm. which is a Dutch uh, studio. It's called Nixus Software. Uh, we don't know the conditions yet. Uh, this comes from GamesIndustry. GamesIndustry.biz. The developer will join PlayStation Studios Technology uh, Creative and Services Group, which focuses on technical and development capabilities to support Sony Games Development Studios. So this is another support studio. Um which I guess, I guess it could help the. I don't know. I I think this is more of a non-news thing for me. Well, I, I think really it just care. means. I think this means more PC games are coming in from Sony, like more than we expected to happen from them. I think this team specifically made PC ports for Square Enix games, like the all the Tomb Raider games, Deus Ex, Soul Reaver. And beautiful, well-done ports, I might add, too. And Sony, when they had a bit of a... Talk about a wet fart. When Horizon came out for Steam, was not well-received. It was poorly optimized. Mm-hmm. Days Gone, which was handled internally way better, I think they're like, you know what? If we're going to do this, we need to have an actual team that knows what they're doing with our games to bring them to PC. And we have Uncharted 4 coming to PC, rumored, Bloodborne rumored, uh, who knows what else coming to PC. 
this is uh, just to get it out of the hands yeah. of, of yeah of you know, of the of the first party right. studios into one that can actually handle it properly right well speaking of that we do have another story here and i actually did want to talk about this so i'm glad that oh, sure. uh, buzz put this in the chat hideo oh, sure, kojima sure. and microsoft have signed a letter of intent uh that Ooh. states the two parties intend to work out the details on a publishing agreement for a new xbox game this is according to sources familiar with the matter uh, oh, so not confirmed yet. Not confirmed. This is so, gotcha. this is unnamed sources, and mm. this is coming from VentureBeat. This is a key mm-hmm. step in the negotiations between Metal Gear Solid creator and the Xbox company. It signifies that both parties have agreed to a generalized deal while lawyers continue hashing out the finer points. Uh, Microsoft and Kojima team, uh, Kojima's teams have spent month, months discussing a possible partnership, and now it is more likely than ever that those conversations will bear fruit. The deal is so close that Microsoft has begun preparing for what Kojima will need to make his new game. Uh, last week, Microsoft announced that it had hired Portal and Left 4 Dead developer Kim Swift to oversee partnerships for cloud-based games. Swift most recently worked at Google, Google's cloud gaming service Stadia, um, which I guess is something you would put on your resume. Mm-hmm. Um, Microsoft <laughs> hired her with the purpose of assisting in making Kojima's cloud game a reality. Remember, he had this cloud idea even when he was making mm-hmm. when he was speaking about Death Stranding. He had this idea of a game that just constantly lives up somewhere mm-hmm. in like this cloud or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember that. That would, and we were all like, "Oh fuck, what is this game going to be?" Turns out it was a walking simulator. Uh, as for what Kojima's game That's the best goddamn game ever. Actually is. Face. Few people know. The point of the partnership is to unlock the creativity of Kojima Productions using Microsoft's technology as opposed mm. to greenlighting a specific pitch. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the key phrase with all this. Right. Okay. It wasn't like, here's my idea for, here's my game I want to make. Can you guys pay for it? Right. We'll use cloud. This is, how can I leverage Microsoft's cloud-based technology for something I may want to do in the future with this tech right. in mind. Right. And, you know, it's a funny thing. This is not the first time he's done this, Kojima. Um, do you recall a game for the Game Boy Advance yes. that used the power of the sun? Yes, <laughs> for I game do. For... What was the name so of that? Uh, it was Buktai, some yeah, vampire, yeah, I yeah. Uh, vampire, cartoony, sprite-based vampire killing game. Where you would charge up the cartridge with sunlight, and then you would have like sun bullets or some shit. I forgot the exact gameplay of it was, but this is not new for uh, Kojima. He loves we doing weird shit with technology. So if this is real, I'm excited for it. I love this man's games, and he does weird shit. Granted, but it's always like headline worthy, talk of the town. Yeah. So I'm into it. Now, it's I, ha- I have a I have a, a question for the for the review oh. here. Oh sure, 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 sure. Does didn't Microsoft and and PlayStation, Sony, whatever, also have a partnership based on Microsoft's cloud services? Yeah. So is this like their cloud and, and streaming service? So could this be a tech tech technology leasing deal? for Kojima Productions that he's just able to use this technology it could be. on a broader Right. Thing. It could be on all platforms just using the cloud. That That's what Microsoft does better than everyone. I, I, I can't wait to see what fucked up way he uses the cloud because there's going to be something stupid. Oh, I can't wait. There's really going to be something wait. stupid. I really can't wait. Speaking of something <laughs> stupid, let's get into the hype zone. Oh, oh, Steven, this is the best one yet. 
Now, I was a little torn with this one because for those in the chat, there was some actual Xbox news. Yeah. I was going to cover in the hype zone, but uh-huh. something else came along that's a little bit more spicier than this. So the would-be hype zone was this headline that Minecraft is now rated for 19 in South Korea. So apparently you can't play Minecraft unless you're over the age of 19 in South Korea. South Korea. That's not even right. that's yeah. not even the, it's not the, even the bad Korea. It's the South bad Korea. Korea. Yeah, it's not that's not the evil Korea. That's interesting. Right. So that's kind of fun. But some other headline came across my desk and I was like, "You know what? I was going to read this headline and that's the whole hype zone and we'll go from there." Are you ready for <gasps> oh, this? Oh, I bet I know why. Are you ready for this? Okay, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Okay. <clears throat> This is regarding Yuffie yes. and why she was chosen in the FF7 uh, remake DLC. And we got our reason. And the reason was this. Okay. Sorry for this, Steven? Con- I mean, I'm sorry. Continue. No, no, no. Yuffie was chosen over Vincent for Final Fantasy VII Remake DLC because he is canonically sleeping in a coffin. It's an actual headline, an actual reason that Square Enix gave. Never mind the fact that spoilers for those who haven't beaten parts of remake yet, the ending kind of says whatever canon was is no longer canon because you know fucking Zach's alive in the game for some reason. But Vincent is very much still in the coffin during all these events, so we can't put him in these games yet. And that's why, in case you're wondering, why we chose Yuffie. Over Vincent. So, like, um, they, <laughs> they, they directly, they directly control what's canon, right? Right. So they actively chose to have him canonically sleeping in a coffin. Right. I mean, he was in a coffin because you find him in the coffin in the OG game. No, no, I get it. Character. No, I get it. So since. Our heroes in the remake part one haven't found them in said coffin yet. Why would he be in a DLC? Because he's still in the coffin. Uh-huh. So even though it could be different now. This all points to one thing, Andy. He could not be in a coffin. <laughs> Wait, does that mean he'll still be in a coffin when we meet him? Right. That, <laughs> but it also means Dirge of Cerberus remake. So that's, that's if you if you haven't played the DLC for FF7, I, have, the, I really want to. The I last really boss, to. the last boss is pulled from Dirge of Cerberus. Oh wow! Okay. Two siblings that are in there. One's like an ultimate like VR boss, and one's like a proper mm-hmm. like last boss for the actual story chapter. And right. I'm wondering if they're gonna lean into that story because that story, if you played it before, holy shit, it's like the most batshit crazy. FF story that ever told is, is the dirge of Cerberus. So I wonder if they're going to lean more into that. I'm hoping not because it had some good stuff, but it's mainly garbage. Just uh-huh. push it, push it away, back, 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 far away in the mind. But uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> I can't get over this headline. <laughs> he's in a coffin. That's why he's not in the game. Well, duh. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for the Facebook question of the week. Oh, yes. While we kick it to chat, chat, if you have any questions, live chat, which of course you could join by going to twitch.tv slash dual screens streams. If you have any questions you want us to answer on the show, please throw it in the chat right now. But here we go. We're going to go into the Facebook question of the week, which was what studio would you like to be acquired next and by what company? This goes back on last week's acquisitions conversation. Uh, Alex says Sega by Nintendo. Mm. That is big. That's a big, big one. Uh, Miss Envy says Gearbox, and I don't care who buys it as long as they fire uh, Pitchford. <laughs> oh my God! Okay, what here's else a big one. Maggie says Coleco by Apple. Oh, I could see that. Okay, that's an okay. interesting choice. Because Apple okay. does make Apple Arcade and all that fun right, stuff. Right, and right, right, right. They could use the Coleco arcade games and licenses mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Um, Josh says, from software for mm-hmm. Sony, because why not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Sony does own like a 2% stake in the guys that own from software. Yeah. So... Semi a little bit on it. <laughs> What's the next one? Friend of the show, Joe Priestley says, "None. I want the studios to stay the way they are." Uh, this video games arms race is ridiculous. It's a good answer. It's a really good answer. Um, Mr. Peoples says, "I would mm-hmm. love Ubisoft to somehow find a way to take Respawn away from EA." Ubisoft of all people? Wow. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's like a blessing or a curse. I'm like a monkey's paw scenario. Dude. Now here's some I bullshit. Know. I don't know about that. Here's the worst answer of the week. Congratulations. Okay. This comes from Buzz. <laughs> Netherrealm and Rocksteady and IOI. I don't know what is IO it? Interactive. Interactive. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. what I figured it was. And Avalanche and Crytek by Microsoft. For that five studios? Uh, that was one, two, three, four, five studios. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and this one comes from Super Anthony Paul, who is a game developer. Says, "I'd like for my studio to to mm. acquire Apple." <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, you know, uh, as far as things being like grounded in reality i could see microsoft buying all those guys up at some point because they 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 can because they can but nintendo doesn't do that they don't acquire people like you would think nintendo would have locked down retro studios like a thousand years ago yeah what like that makes just all the sense in the world right okay they, they are nintendo's housemark yeah. Why? Why haven't they bought them yet? Yeah. Or like mismade them theirs? Or or why has no one else thought to purchase Metroid and say, you know what? Fuck you, Nintendo. We're gonna buy these guys. They're ours now. We're gonna make Metroid Shrine Seven. Yeah, that's what. We're yeah, doing. we did it. Um. Yeah. Um. In our chat, uh, from Gomstead, Microsoft sell rare to Nintendo. Yes, I agree. Oh, that's a good I one. I agree. <laughs> maybe not rare, maybe just the IP. Yeah, just give Nintendo back. Because rare is barely who they are anyway. Like they barely who they were. So like that. That's basically you'd you'd be selling nothing to uh, to that. But uh, yeah. 
or they could do like a rabid situation where it's like can mm-hmm. we just use like banjo for a switch only game please yeah. we'll make a good one we promise not fucking nuts and bolts or a conquers a new conquer game maybe a new conquer would be great yeah a new conquer would be great conquers bad fur month you know what i mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You guys know, you get what you're picking up what I'm putting down. I get it. I still get it. You do get it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. That's going to bring us to the end of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this was a good one. I like this one. This was, a, this was one of them good shows. Oh yeah. Andy, this had, this had some good energy. Mm-hmm. It felt mm-hmm. good in my mm-hmm. loins, in mm-hmm. my gut. I'm actually not tired anymore. I feel like a little energized. You slight, you're slightly energized. It's good. I might not pass on immediately after You'll this. You'll love to see it. I might actually get to edit the show and put it on the wow. internet and not just go wow. directly to sleep. So we'll I'm see. So proud of you. So proud. We'll see what happens. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Dual Screens Crossplay Podcast on YouTube.com slash Dual Screens TV, on Twitch.tv slash Dual Screens Streams, and on your favorite podcast service. Thank you so much. If you want to follow us, you can follow us at Dual underscore Screens on Twitter, at Dual Screens on Instagram. I am at BatchOut27. Andy's at PantsGuy, and Taylor is at It's Perger. He is not here right now, but will be eventually again. Mm-hmm. Our Facebook group is Facebook.com slash groups slash DS Podcast. Go in there and join. It's big time fun. Um, thanks again to all of our Patreon producers, Colton the Apprentice Nestler, FNH Paul, and Vegas Girl on Fire. Uh, we appreciate all of you, and if you want to support us uh, and help us get to PAX, please mm. support our Patreon. It is the only way we can afford to do so. And with that, Andy, is there anything you want to tell the kids before we go? Uh, I love you all. You're all incredible and amazing. And if you have a moment, we'll put a link in the description for this, hopefully. We're up for a podcast award. That's right, Andy. Tell everybody about our podcast oh, award Oh, my God. Let me find the link. <laughs> put it in the chat (laughs) that's right ladies and gentlemen the podcast awards nominations are open and the dual screens it's actually called dual screens podcast the dual screens podcast it's specifically for our interview show which is on the same Mm. channel which is a little weird but we are 100% nominated right now so we want to win this award so you need your help we need your help. Get out there. Go to the link. Uh, you, you can find it in, in the description of this episode if you're watching later or you're listening on your podcast service. And, of course, it's in the chat in a moment from Andy uh, in, in our, our Twitch. So thank you, everyone, so much for doing this. This is very important to us. Um, it, remember, if you join our Patreon, you, you join our Discord. It's a VIP Discord for patrons only. So if you go there... We share all this kind of, of information, all the, the hottest indie games out there. We, we love to talk all day about video games, so it's a great place to hang out as well. So you, there are plenty of tiers for you to support. Andy? Yes, Steven. This was a pleasure. Thank you for it doing was. this with me. I know. So much yes. fun. Thank you, gamers. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, viewers. Thank you, everyone. And as always, please be excellent to each other.